Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. My name is Joe Armstrong, and welcome to Independence Day. Independence Day is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Jeff Crosby. There are a million people out there with a guitar and a voice making music, but Jeff Crosby is a diamond in the rough. After spending his formative years in Idaho, Crosby set out to establish himself as a professional musician the honest way, by playing his music in front of fans on the road, anywhere that would take him. By 2014, a decade of sacrifice and commitment to a strong work ethic is beginning to pay off. Two songs from his debut EP, Silent Conversations recently found their way into episodes of the FX Network's gritty series, Sons of Anarchy, and in short order, Crosby noticed that more and more people were showing up at gigs, even in far-off places like rural Canada. With the kind of visibility a hit show provides, Crosby's natural talent and well-worn songs are earning him even more fans. But it's Crosby's voice that is his not-so-secret weapon. His singing style is confident and familiar, and it perfectly suits his songs of traveling and longing. Most interestingly, when listening to Jeff Crosby perform, one gets the impression that he can sing a lot more notes than he does, and it's this maturity that draws earned comparisons to the upper echelon of 70s rock and country bands. Crosby and his band, The Refugees, have a brand new full-length record called All Nighter, and he's sure to be playing a show near you before long, wherever you may live. So get this record and check out a Jeff Crosby show as soon as you can. They are more than worth it. Welcome to Independence Day, Jeff Crosby. Hey man, how's it going? Hey, going good. You know what's funny? I noticed the other day when I was working on the show that I say almost the same thing every single time I say, hey man. (laughs) But it's like, I feel like that's like the international greeting for musicians. It's hey man. Yeah, How's yeah. It going? whether it's a man or a woman sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes. exactly. So, man, you are you are like a road warrior. Well, like yeah, you're to out some like all the time, it seems like, doing shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but, but ground me just a little bit. Tell me just a little bit about this, because it was funny as I was looking up stuff for you to talk about. Uh, you are from Idaho. Yeah, yeah. And I took the liberty of look because I was trying to think I've been to Idaho, but only like across that little bit by Lake Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I've never been down to the southern part. So mm-hmm. I'm like I'm I'm wildly curious about Idaho. And I know I made I looked up the fa- famous people. Right. Who oh, are from oh Idaho, God. <laughs> just so that, just to give people a point of reference because I didn't know. I'm like, well, there's gotta be other famous people from Idaho yeah, other yeah, than yeah. you, there's of a course. Few. Yeah, I mean besides So me. you got you got Edgar Rice Burroughs, the Tarzan author, oh, Lou right. Dobbs. Is from Idaho. Hemingway died there. Wow, Everybody knows that. Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. Larry Lujak, who was a disc jockey in my hometown growing up. Wow. Sarah Palin. Oh, of course. Yeah. How can we come. forget her? Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Ezra <laughs> right. Pound, the uh, poet. Josh Ritter. Yep. Who's yep. my number one association with uh, Martha Raddatz, uh, Nikki Six. Yeah. Victor Nikki Wooten, Six. and I know that Bert Rutan, the guy who. Uh, Kind of par, uh, he's like an aerospace pioneer, like from the 70s. Oh, yeah, he retired yeah. up there. I read about that. So you're in good company, man. Yeah, right, right. We're known for our celebrities up there. Yeah. Tell me exactly. Tell me what it's you know what was it like in your formative years, you know, growing up in Iowa or man, growing up in Idaho. Yeah, well, that, that's a common mistake. Actually, a lot of people. Uh, any traveling I've done overseas too, it's like right. after a while you give up. I just say we we're close to California. That yeah, that you finally settle on that. But I, I don't know. I. I Personally, I feel like it was, uh, I had a great upbringing. It was a small town, but it wasn't too, 
you know, it wasn't too hokey, I guess I would say. Yeah. But I mean, it definitely was. I mean, we're backwoods and lots of kind of the rednecks, I guess you would say. Yeah. And um, definitely a bizarre little community I grew up in, but it's beautiful there. The mountains are gorgeous and there's lots of there's lots of hot springs and lakes and fresh water and there's lots of like outdoorsy stuff to do so as a kid yeah. you know when we went out and played or you know it wasn't video games or anything my parents yeah. just shut us out and locked the door and said yeah. dinner will be ready in a few hours you know get yeah. out of here so you know you know the sound of a screen door slamming oh yeah very well people in certain parts of the country <laughs> don't know that sound yeah that's a beautiful you know, sound it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> sound or like drinking from the hose yeah oh yeah something drinking i always did when i was a kid yeah you know, where i grew yep. up that's a beautiful thing so but too. then where you know because that seems somewhat isolated you know yeah. it's kind of like it's not the pacific northwest it's not really the great plains it's kind of right. rocky mountain ish but uh where did you find inspiration to get into music from from idaho well, I mean, there, I had a lot of local guys in my in Donnelly, where I grew up. There was uh, these older fellows. They were in this band called the Hat Shop Band. Uh, the main guy, Randy Priest, still I still have a cowboy hat he made me. Um, he, he's he's actually recognized as a historical figure in the United States and has this plaque. And he's just you know makes all these cowboy hats. And every Sunday, he would get this group of drunks together, and they'd all play old folk songs and country songs, and you know Johnny Cash and stuff like that. And I remember going when I was in my early teens and just watching these guys, you know, for one, play music, and then for two, get so drunk that they couldn't play music anymore. But <laughs> Much less stand yeah, up. The, the, the first hour was awesome. Oh, right. But, uh, well, the more you drink, the better we sound. Isn't yeah, that the rule? right, right. Which, I mean, not really drinking at the time, I always was kind of bewildered by the last half of it. It's right. like, what happened? But, they, I mean, they, they were always really funny guys, really... All of them were just really bold characters, and they all had great stories. And I felt like their musicianship played into that. You know, it was more about the stories they had to tell than you know that none of them weren't like ripping players by any means. But it was just cool music, and that you know the people in the community always gathered around, and they would play on Sunday, and you know, they'd be doing other community events and stuff. But I always remember being really taken with just the energy they would stir up. You know, just breaking out their instruments and playing for the town. Right. Everyone shows so, up. so they, they seem like they were kind of local celebrities, sort yeah, of doing yeah, to the some thing. degree. Yeah. So, but how did you did how did you get to the point where you were just a kid, like hacking on a guitar, to like hanging out with guys like that? Like, where, where does where does that jump take place? Because like a lot of people when they grow up, like they see the guys. Every town has got a band yeah. or six bands, or if you're in L.A. or New York, there's a thousand. Right. But then that point at which you go from being just a kid playing right. to being a kid like hanging with those guys or right. like, playing and doing shows with those guys like was it just the typical rigmarole where you just played shows and then you were on a bill with them or like how did it happen yeah no well there, there was another band 11 miles down the road there was a town of about five thousand people and uh was that bigger or smaller than your town that was bigger my okay. town's about a hundred people okay and uh so when you say small town you with a with a yeah it was <laughs> say with capital s but it's really <laughs> it a small s very small okay but uh, there was another band of guys that were all in their mid-30s or so, and this band called Frame of Mind, and they were these guys from Southern California that had moved from Southern California to Idaho because they realized that they could make better money playing music up in Idaho than they could here in L.A. and Southern California. So they moved up there and started playing around in the bars, and then uh, I was in high school when they showed up on the scene, and I they were just like the coolest guys. They were these L.A. kind of, or San Clemente, I think is where they're actually from. They were these cool cats playing. They had this almost kind of Grateful Dead-inspired music. But I remember when they hit the scene, and they were just these heroes. And their shows would just be these crazy parties, and the, the whole town loved them. 
So I remember when I started seeing them, that's what really sold me on it. I got a guitar, you know, this crappy $200 Spencer guitar, and uh, just started hanging around any chance they were playing. I was just hanging out with them. And uh, eventually started hanging out at their house, and they had this big band house, and they'd go on tour, and they'd let me use their basement and oh, practice. Nice. Yeah, so when they were gone, I would get to, you know, their Obi, their guitar player, would leave me a key, and I'd go downstairs and plug in my amp and get to play yeah. super loud in their basement till late at night, you know, and I'd crash there, and this is around 15, 16. Yeah, having a mentor like that or a set of mentors like that is absolutely crucial. Yeah, because, it was you know, huge like, for me. You know, in, in your formative years, and you look at the world, and it's so big, and, like, you mm-hmm. figure, like, how am I going to make my way in this? Like, you have your dreams, like, I'm going to play music, I'm going to rock, or right, I'm going to twang, right. or whatever it is I'm yeah. going to do. <laughs> but, like, getting from... That that's that that first moment where it's you're inspired and you're hungry and you're you're in it, but you don't know how to write a song for anything, and right. you might be okay in the guitar, but like you got to have somebody to kind of take your hand. Like some of us are very lucky; they have parents oh, yeah. who are performers. Were your were your folks? Performers no, no, they weren't. Yeah, those guys were really a huge inspiration. I mean, they were the they yeah. were kind of the ones that showed me the way. I mean, I remember here. Listening to Obi book a gig on the phone, oh, and wow. being like, "Oh, okay. on the phone, which is not actually done anymore." Yeah, right? right, right. No one does that anymore. Yeah, and I remember him saying, "Hey, you know," afterwards, I'm like, "So, that who was that? You know, oh, that's the place down in Sun Valley. Yeah, we're playing there. For, you know, it's yeah. five hundred bucks." And he's like, "Yeah, I remember that place. You, you'll play there someday." Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, and it was really to cool. have someone have that kind of confidence in you to just say that, whether he meant it or not, is irrelevant. Yeah, when right. you're a kid, you know, hearing that's coming from someone who's doing what you perceive to be your dream is a right. huge deal. Anyway, well, yeah. I'm talking to Jeff Crosby. He's a musician. I was going to say he's. I don't know where you're based. Usually, I try to localize people, but where, what would you call home these yeah, days? Yeah, well, you know, I was calling Los Angeles home. We just had a pretty long summer tour, and so uh, I just left my place there, and uh, hopefully, we'll be. Finding another one and or okay, who knows? Well, you're a man of the world, regardless. Yeah, yeah. World traveler, Jeff Crosby. <laughs> so he's a musician regardless. You'll find him out on the road. He's got a lot of shows here coming up. He's got one coming up at the Honky Tonk Hacienda on the 18th, which I believe is tomorrow night. Yeah. So yeah. when that comes up, you should definitely go out and check him out. She's doing a really cool thing. Susan, is she the one booking that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I met her briefly at when we were doing the Grand Old Echo gig okay. uh, a few months ago. Yeah. And, uh, she's great. And I, the, all these... Promoters coming out doing this Americana thing. I think it's it's so cool, especially on the L.A. scene because yeah. it's not a big scene, but there are a lot of people and a lot of yeah. great bands. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a cool yeah, thing. a lot of people kind of blurring the country and rock line, yeah. and I, that's my favorite line to blur. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's coming up again too. I, it's been cool seeing bands come up around here. All right, that. so this is Jeff Crosby. He's got an album just came out this year. It's called All Nighter. You can pick it up at all the usual spots. You can also find him on the internet at jeffcrosbymusic.com. This is a track from that record. The first track we're going to hear is called Stop Running. So this is Jeff Crosby on Independence Day. You take another drink to drown the memory of the weight for me and I love you. Park cars, snow bakes under blue stars. You don't know who's walking home with you. And I promise you there, I'd be there for you. So why are you running away? Won't feel like mistakes. You don't turn around and face 
And you hide inside the city So busy and so empty You call but you can't say how you feel And I promised you that I'd be there for you So why are you running away? My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. We come to you every Wednesday night. And keep in mind, you can listen to these songs anytime. You can listen to these episodes anytime. Once they go live at 7 p.m. Wednesday nights, you can tune in at your leisure. You can tune in at work. If you want to, like, you know, put some headphones in, you can tune in at home, tune in in the car. They are available on iTunes as well. Indepthday.com slash iTunes is where you can find those there. There is a much more elaborate link you can look up, the actual iTunes link they gave us, but it's too verbose. We made a better one. Uh, so tonight's guest is Jeff Crosby. He is a road warrior musician. He would fall loosely in the country rock-ish tradition, but he's got a great voice. He's a great guitar player, and his songs are really quite nice, and I'm looking forward to playing some of those for you guys in just a minute. For now, let's talk about your status as like a road dog. Like I can feel the tiredness in your voice from this summer tour. Yeah. Because that's a different kind of life. I've lived it myself. I know what it's like. Like what, you know, walk me through a day. Of, of being on the road with you in 2014. Are you out with a band? Are you out solo? You know, pick a nameless town and tell me what your day's like. Yeah, well, yeah, that's been... Uh, well, I've done both, and uh, I'm fine with both. Solo's kind of nice, too. It's kind of... There's something about driving that I'm somewhat addicted to now, where that feeling of getting up in the morning, possibly hungover, and a lot of times this summer you're in a hurry. Right. It's like, cause you, you never, you always say, Oh, we got to get up early. And then you always get up at the last minute that you could possibly leave. Define early <laughs> for those people. I mean, who you are know, nine or okay. eight or nine or yeah, 10, okay. you know, which when you're staying up till four to yeah, yeah. five or six, that's, uh, that's not, early. Yeah. It's not too good, but, uh, yeah, a typical day for us. I mean, you get up in the morning, usually not, uh, in, in a way that you'd want to, because it's that like, Oh, we're late feeling. Right. Uh, wake everybody up, pile in the van, hopefully get a good cup of coffee, but that's probably not going to be likely in a lot of towns you play because you wouldn't know where it is. So you end up at a 76 getting a terrible gas station coffee, but it's better than nothing. And get on the road and drive. Yeah. Get there, throw your stuff on the stage, play, 
do it again the next day. It's, uh, yeah. There was a lot of long drives in this last summer, so we, there was a lot of that. But there is some kind of glory about yeah. getting up. And once you get on the road, and I get, you got your coffee, and you're driving on the freeway, and yeah. it's just that feeling. It's like, well, all it's right, a, Especially if you're with a band, it's like the band of brothers thing. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're going through something together. And that kind of camaraderie, that kind of bond, you know, can't really be found anywhere else. Like, that's one thing. Yeah. Like, I have no desire to be in the military whatsoever because right. <laughs> the idea of like i don't want to have to shoot somebody for anything for any reason right yeah i'm glad yeah. that there are people who are willing to do such things but it's not for me right right but i've i've longed for that camaraderie yeah in my life and i've had it in bands that's the closest i've ever come for that come to that i should say yeah it's it's You're funny pretty tight with goes. the guys you've had them with you for a long time yeah yeah definitely uh i mean i was with another band for i, I was with this keyboardist for about eight years and i, I think the funny thing about that camaraderie that you build with someone when you're on the road particularly is you might have this really oddball character in the band that at the time you're saying god this guy is so obnoxious you know like oh the crazy you know you're always apologizing for him telling people oh he's the crazy guy and then once for in my example once he was gone it was like there was that empty space right and all of a sudden it's like oh i kind of miss him like burping loudly in the back seat and like you know yeah driving insane you know it's just it, there there is a there's a thing there that is kind of kind of unexplainable that you, it made me realize what makes you know some bands so great it's when you spend you log in so many hours on the road together and it's like You've been through that together, you yeah. know, good, or good, bad, and ugly. That's and there's a certain type of chemistry that is unique to each band. Like, you wonder why a certain band is successful. And yes, it's the songs, or yes, yeah. it's the producer, or yes, it's the fact they had a catchy single. But I think a lot, a big part of that is that comer- or that special chemistry that you get with a certain blend of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a reason that, I don't know, Creedence Clearwater Revival, other than the fact that John Fogarty is wickedly talented, like having right. those guys back him. It's like that age old, we used to joke in high school, like we'd always bicker back and forth about your favorite band, right? right? And I was always on the Pink Floyd <laughs> side, but then all the drummers and bass players I ever played with were Rush fans. Uh, right. And it was like, well, you know, the most ultimate band would be David Gilmore on guitar yeah, and Neil Peart sign, right? on drums. <laughs> and then, you know, like kind of breaking up the bands apart and like reassembling them. And I was like, no, 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 you don't want Neil Peart and Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd would suck with Neil Peart in the band. Yeah. Just like Rush would would suck with Nick Mason trying to do what yeah, he's right. trying to do in there <laughs> too. Like, <laughs> it works both ways, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. take me, put me in that van. Every mm-hmm. band has like uh, rules or guidelines for being in the van. Like who gets to choose what's on the radio? Is it the driver? Is well, it the, it's is usually the fights? driver. Yeah, okay. the driver's the 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 main character. But I'm funny because we were talking about this earlier. I I don't like AC. I, I hate AC. Air conditioning, you're yeah, talking I'm just about. Yeah, not into air conditioning. But the other guys in the band think that's the most torturous thing in the world to drive in the band with that AC on. So that, that is a, a constant toggle in our van. It's me turning off the AC and then someone else finally being like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> turn it yeah. So, you know, you'd probably see us turn the AC on and off about 300 times. And then what's the, uh, what's like the most oddball taste of, in music that, you, you, that someone will play? Like, oh. say, say so and so, the bass player's driving and he's really a fan of. I don't know, uh, mid-period yes, or who oh, knows? Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Who, who's got the weirdest taste, and what is that? I'm curious. Uh, my, my previous drummer, who was a, I played with for years, um, he's not in the band at the moment, but uh, yeah, he, he was a huge Yes fan, a huge Rush oh, so fan. So it is Yes, okay. And then he was really into Tool. Okay. And those are like, it's not that I don't like those bands, but that's just not who I am or trying to be in any way. And, you know, I can hear it one time and respect it, but... 
not not the whole time he's driving. Yeah. So that would, that would, that was always a very awkward uh, yeah forty five minutes to an hour. Any other weird band rules? Uh, for being in the van, we're pretty easy. We're pretty easy. We uh, I, I tried to establish a no eating in the van rule at one time, but that didn't didn't work very well. It's almost impossible, I think. It is. You get driving, it's like you just got to do it. Yeah, but yeah. we we had an older guy. We were touring with this guy Jerry Joseph. It was in his he's fifty two at the time, and he had that rule, and you know all of a sudden it was respected. Yeah, he's but once like, so, I can't stand it. Once someone's an elder statesman, like they've earned the right to yeah, be eccentric, right. I guess is one way to look at it. Yeah, all of a sudden it was fine, but um, yeah, we're we're pretty loose in the van. It's yeah. uh, it, we always started with the no smoking, no eating, and then after a month. It's like all the rules go out the window. Then it's yeah. just, we got to make it through this thing. <laughs> it's like, do what you Yeah, what's do. the guy, uh, what is that band? I'm trying to think. It was a really intelligent, arty rock band from the 2000s. What is that band? They're from the Pacific Northwest. Oh, the name is ex- escaping me. It was the guy who used to be in Postal Service. It was his second oh, band. Oh, yeah. What were they? Uh, dashboard? Or... Not Dashboard. Yeah, not them, uh... Uh, anyway, I can't think of it for the life of me, but they were all really heady guys, mm-hmm. right? They're really intelligent guys. And then the beginning of, they said in the beginning of their tours, they would be like, talking about existential poetry yeah, or right. you know architecture <laughs> or these really like heady topics and then by by the time they'd been on the road for about three months they'd be like hey look a barn <laughs> <laughs> you know it's yeah, like that's you, so true you man. almost kind of devolve what do you do to keep yourself sane on the road oh that is totally true i mean Other i than love drink and smoke yeah yeah well of course there's those but uh, i don't know i love listening to new records that's something i try to do every time i go to i always try to hit the record store and and really buy stuff that I wouldn't normally buy and just listen to weird music that, I don't know, I try to stay away from the stuff that, and I do that in my life, I feel like, in a lot of scenarios. I mean, that's kind of how I ended up in Los Angeles. I always find myself avoiding my first instinct, like the thing that would be the obvious first step, like, oh, yeah, I'll get that. And then it's like, wait a minute, no. Let's, okay, I'm going to try this thing that I wouldn't normally do. Yeah. So I'm always just trying to kind of bend the norm for what's normal for me and... um yeah, that, honestly, for me, it's a lot. I listen to music a lot. I listen to NPR pretty much endlessly. Oh, nice. <laughs> the good thing about NPR, you can almost always find a station. I mean, you can yeah, always find right. a country music station, no matter where you are. Oh, yeah, and but, country music, that does keep me up late at night listening to pop country, which is terrible most of the time. And it's gotten worse. Yeah, it, it's, it's gotten a lot worse very recently. Speaking of devolving, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we don't want to throw too many stones. <sighs> I do wish it was, I wish it was better though. But the good thing is you can always go to the bottom of the dial and find an NPR station right, or a college right. station because you know sometimes they're playing cool music too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well I'm talking to Jeff Crosby. He's a musician, guitarist, songwriter, singer. Uh, you've got your guitar here. It's a beautiful breed. Love. Why don't you make pick a song on that? As they would say in my uh, where my people my my people from Alabama would say, pick a song on that guitar for me. What's this first one going to be? Yeah, yeah. The first one. This is Silent Conversations. Uh, this is from an EP I released a while back, and th- this is also the EP that had a couple songs on that show, Sons of Anarchy. So it oh, was very nice. That was our claim to fame. When we first got to moving in LA. It was cool, kind man. of the, yeah, it was it was a cool thing for us. So right. yeah, that's uh, this is the title track. Well, why don't you pick this for us, and we come back, we'll talk about Sons of Anarchy. Perfect, perfect. All right, so this one's called Silent Conversations. Heavy rain coming Can feel it in the air Like a silent conversation You can understand so clear Don't need words to tell the stories 
With the card names in the bar And they're sealed with a heart around them You can imagine who they were Heavy wind blowing Bringing truth that's gonna hurt There's no avoiding it There's no run, baby No washing away the dirt Stains every conversation Every morning breath I take Like a silent conversation Says all the things that I can't say Had you dancing by the fire Never feeling any pain Cause we young living like Tomorrow would never come When it does I'll be searching for that feeling For that song you gave to me Sometimes I wake up and wonder If there's hope for you and me Now I'm standing on the church steps Taking shelter from the storm I took my swing at asking Jesus Oh, but he ain't listening anymore And all the promises made on the ocean They fell victim to the high tide We were busy writing our love songs we didn't see the water rising So I'm thinking about you, baby Wonder if you do the same Every time you see two lovers Do you ever think my name? Or are you on a different wave now? Like the leaves when the seasons change Searching for that inspiration That carried us so far away Had you dancing by the fire Never feeling any pain Cause we young living like Tomorrow would never come when it does, I'll be searching for that feeling For that song you gave to me Sometimes I wake up and wonder If you're thinking about me, baby Like a silent conversation Like faith in a new religion Like promises thought worth giving you could always change my mind Like a lover's high at sunrise Like a story told drunk on red wine Like a broken heart in a bar fight You could always change my mind You could always change me Oh,
could always change me, baby. Oh. Like a silent conversation Faith in a new religion Like promises that was given You could always change my mind Like a lover's highest sunrise A star talk drunk on red wine Like a broken heart in a bar fight he could always change my mind You could always change my mind You could always change my mind Yeah, you could always change my mind That was Jeff Crosby playing the song Silent Conversations, which is the title track from an EP he released not so long ago. Yeah, yeah, last year, actually. Last yeah. year. So yeah. how you said that some of those songs, two of those songs wound up in Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, there's got to be a music supervisor involved in that situation. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's, not your, he's not your typical one, I wouldn't say, yeah. by any means. He's and maybe, a very unique guy. But. And that's probably the biggest question. I mean, a lot of musicians, that's a very, very important revenue stream, and it's a very, very, vis- you know, uh, there's a lot of visibility. Yeah, from doing absolutely. that kind of thing. So, how did you get again? You know, I, before I asked you like how you got from being like a kid playing in your basement to like meeting yeah, right. local musicians, you show up in in L.A. and then how do you get your songs into Sons of Anarchy? Like, walk me through that. Yeah, I mean, everyone has their own unique uh, journey, and it's so random how stuff happens. You know, this for me, I, I had this friend in Idaho, uh, this guy Curtis Steigers, uh-huh. who had some hits way back, you know, in, yeah. or you know, in the eighties or something, and. He was a New York jazz guy and uh, still is an incredible musician and he's, he's still playing. And uh, he introduced me to a friend of his. Well, he basically didn't even introduce me really. He just sent me his number and said, hey, this is my friend Bob's number. Give him a call and buy him a cup of coffee. Trust me. And, you know, that was the message. <laughs> right. It was slightly terrifying because I remember walking, just moved here, walking down Sunset Boulevard and I'm, kind of weighing my options, like, okay, I'm here, I'm in Los Angeles, what the hell am I going to do? And uh, money's tight, as always, and it's like, okay, well, here we go, I got this text, let's give Bob a call. So I hit him up, and uh, ends up being the coolest guy, oh, how about Thursday, you open for coffee? How about Pete's Coffee in Beverly Hills? Yeah, oh, that'd be great, that sounds great, you know. So, yeah, I ended up meeting him, having coffee with him, we talk about the same thing we're talking about, being on the road, and... He's a guy that I could tell immediately was he loves the idea of being on the road and the right. camaraderie and the dirty, crazy, you know, crawl to the top. So he um, instantly was taken with my schedule and uh, I gave him a CD and he listened to it. He liked a couple of the tracks. I didn't, you know, I got was the email. EP finished by this point? Yeah, it was finished. Yeah. Okay. And I, when I met him, I gave him a copy. He said, well, hey, I just moved here, but, you know, here's a copy of this and check it out when you can. If you like it, you know, I don't know. Right. Check it out. So was the CP, did, was it recorded back where you were before we're living? Before yeah, LA? yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was actually recorded at uh, a cabin that I grew up in, my parents' own, in the middle of the woods in Idaho, uh, kind of central northern Idaho, in yeah. Donnelly, actually, mm-hmm. which is so cool because it was very cheap. You know, everything we did, we did it on a dime. And so I just, I just loved the fact that 
that was the EP and those are the songs that got on like national yeah. television. You know, it's like we didn't pay any money. We did it on yeah. our own. And people get very, very precious about this kind of thing. And that's one yeah. thing I think it's it's kind of a rising tide in music right now, is it's something I call like real music. Mm-hmm. Or music. I mean, we all know what the big pop stuff is and what it sounds like and what it takes right. to produce right. it. It takes, you know, auto tune and pro tools or logic and yeah, yeah. you know, fancy stuff. And that's that's awesome. But not I mean, you look back at the records that everybody loves and the records that that sold a million records you know they didn't have a lot of things and their limitations became their strengths this has been it's kind of a theme in the show over the past summer i think it's kind of been the thing is the idea that you know people think about like the beatles not having a lot of tracks to overdub stuff so when they were you know when they would add another track to a song they would have to commit to recording everything that had been previously recorded combining it with the new part Right. You can't go back and change what was already done because right. that was the limit of the technology of the time. Now, granted, one thing people neglect to mention about this is that, yes, they had Neumann microphones. Right. And right. they had the finest mixers. And they had George Martin, which is like the secret, biggest secret weapon of all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that they still had limitations. And look what they made with those limitations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, using those creatively as part of the creative process. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and especially, you know, this generation, I feel like you're, you're putting so many examples of that where you're just like well here's what we got you know and then you make the most of it and yeah so that's usually when some of the greatest stuff happens and yeah i always i always love the idea of you doing things on a budget you know like my good example that i heard recently it was like david lindley jackson brown's guitar player right, right. using those old sears guitars and this you know buddy miller uses really those thing? crazy Italian guitars. Like they're kind of expensive because they're super rare. Right. But when he, he bought the first one, I think he bought a couple. He's got a, several of these things. But he found it for cheap yeah, it somewhere. Like it was like weird something. looking thing. Yeah. You know, and then now he's, he's renowned for playing those guitars. I love the idea of that. I always try to, I don't know. It, it definitely, money, I like how money doesn't always talk. You know, it's yeah. like sometimes well, it's even, be creative. You know, even uh, as funny as it sounds, I mean, there's something I, that I call and people call, other people call the happy accident. Mm-hmm. Which is something where something stops working at a, a, an appropriate time, yeah, or a, right. or, or a beneficial creative time. Oh, the, the, <laughs> that happened to me at a gig the other day. Uh, my amp totally exploded at a gig in Bend, Oregon, the other day. But uh, it happened to be in a song where we were getting to this point where it's kind of a chaotic point. It's the end of the song, and all of a sudden, I noticed my guitar started breaking up. You know, and I thought it was just. I don't know. At first, I'm like, oh, by amp breaking sounding up, you mean, good. The, you mean the signal. You yeah, so I kind of doing physical. this, like, yeah. it's like cracking, and I'm going, yeah, oh, it sounded good. And all of a sudden, it, and it got really loud Yeah, to where it just turned into complete loud, crazy fuzz. But it was at this moment in the song, we were all looking at each other like, this is awesome. This yeah. is great. And eventually, I just unplugged it, and then I just sang the rest of the song out. Yeah. I don't know, happy accident, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, it, it ties into the, that creativity again. Yeah. Like working with what you have. I mean, I got to remember my first recordings. You know, we didn't even have mic stands. We had duct tape and like vacuum cleaners. Oh, <laughs> and because the vacuum cleaner makes a very nice. Right, right. You know, I've been there. It's yeah. this kind of same shape. A couple you know, house parties. With tape those it mic in the right stand. place. And it, you did, did it hold the microphone? Yeah. As we, well I, as a $90 K&M <laughs> mic stand? Yes, right. it did. I even remember a ladder using a ladder once. Yeah, hey, it worked. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, it's like it's part of the creative process. I guess that's yeah. what we're getting at here. So, uh, this recording, then, like when you say, you know, DIY, how raw, you know, mm-hmm. we're in an era where most people are recording on a digital device of some kind. Did you guys have like GarageBand? Did you have yeah. Logic Pro yeah, we Tools? Had, we had what did Logic. You and okay. uh, yeah, and my, my, my drummer and keyboardist that I was previously playing with, were, they're both kind of dorks and loved, you know, they had Logic and. And he had a you know a computer, an Apple, right. and we had a few mics, and we just 
kind of made yeah. it happen on what we had. And what you can do with very little now is astounding. Yeah, I was kind of blown away when we got to the end of it. It was like, I think this is great. I think it sounds great. I mean, that's why we ended up putting it out. We're like, I don't think anything else needs to be done with this. Yeah. We can do this all on our own. So backstepping just a little bit, you've given this guy your disc of your EP. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Like, he says he likes it, but you just kind of hang around and wait. And then, like, what is it? You get a call or an email from yeah, him? Yeah, like, I, I just I want, got an email. Describe that feeling. Yeah. Like, when you yeah, got that, that was... email. It really it was, uh, boy. That that was a that was an amazing feeling. I could use I could use that every, a daily. One of those. Uh, it, it, I just I'd got an email. I'd settle for monthly. Yeah, right. <laughs> boy, that would be great. Yeah, and it really was. You know, I didn't realize how big the show was, and just to be able to kind of correlate ourselves with it has been a huge thing. I mean, we did this tour in Canada right after we got on the show, and all of a sudden, there's all these people showing up to these gigs in Canada. Just off the fact that we, you know, have been able to promote ourselves as the band know, we had that some has songs, some songs on the show, like yeah, and all of a sudden these all these people are showing up to the gig, and I just I, I didn't realize that. I mean, the reach of these shows now too, they're they're so big, and that show is so popular. It, it was amazing what it did for us in the past year. Um, yeah, so I mean, I got the email from him. He said, "Hey, and, uh, Jeff, hope you don't mind. We I used one of your songs in this scene. If you're into it." Here's the you know here's the contract you know and here's the here's what we can offer and yeah it was it was it was such a perfect timing for it to happen because I was already you know it's not easy down here it's yeah. the money's tied all the time and I was you know always looking for a break. Who's and the first was, person you called? Uh, I called like, my brother. It's like, is you like your mom or was it like yeah. the band? Or, you know. Yeah, my brother's he's the bass player in the band. Okay. So, and he actually loves the show, so he was already hyped up the fact that I was even meeting with him was yeah. like a huge deal to him uh so yeah i called him and then of course you know he's the social network dork so he was <laughs> posting it on every possible you've got a thing outlet. for dorks yeah you like well, to surround yourself with dorks yeah yeah i'm around a lot of them that must be it it's an idaho thing. <laughs> all right so tonight's guest jeff crosby lover of dorks also musician <laughs> singer songwriter uh, visit jeffcrosbymusic.com to learn about him also on facebook jeff crosby music and follow him on twitter at jeff crosby music uh, how about some more music, man? What's this next tune going to be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one is one of those songs. That I, I was traveling down in Nicaragua and Costa Rica a few years back and just kind of bumming around. And uh, I was trying to write these letters home, and I never ended up actually sending them. So when I got back, I was going through all the songs I'd written, and I kind of put all the letters together and made it into a song. So it's called Family, How You Been? And it was the letter that was supposed to be sent home, but it just ended up on the EP. So, All right, man. So very happy to bring you all Jeff Crosby on Independence Day. This is his song, Family, How You Been? Oh, brother, how you been? Always such an honest man Telling me I look like shit When I needed to hear it Oh, brother, how you been? Are you still in love and sinning? Drinking your whiskey till the morning Sleeping with more than one woman Oh, sister, how you been? You're still living in your van You're still looking for a job Are you still happy with your man? 
Oh, sister, how you been? Are you still in love and sinning and smoking too much marijuana and taking your pills without no pain? Cause it's been a while I've been worried about you now Wondering how you've been, you know Cause it's been a while now, I know Oh, mother, how you been? You're still outside in the garden Cooking dinner for an army Even when we're out at war Oh, mother, how you been? Are you still in love with father? Even though he's always working Without children are you burdened? Oh, Father, how you been? Oh, he's such an honest man Telling me to keep on moving Even when the road is turning Oh, Father, how you been? Are you still in love with Mother? Even when she acts bipolar I have never seen you bothered Oh, no, no, I've never seen you bother Been wondering how you've been Cause it's been a while now, I know If you're wondering how I've been been trying to be an honest man I've been trying to make an honest living out Chasing these dreams I can't forget If you're wondering how I've been Yeah, I'm still in love and sinning And drinking whiskey till the morning Playing music with my friends If you were now Still playing music with my friends If you're wondering how I've been If you were now Wondering how I've been If you're wondering If you're wondering how I've been My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day, and thank you for doing so. If I don't thank you people enough, anyone who listens, thank you. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I work my ass off to bring you guys great music, and Jeff Crosby is no exception to that. He's from Idaho originally, spent some time in L.A., but uh, he's been all over the world. He, that's the song he just played that was inspired by some letters he was writing home while he was in Nicaragua. And as I'm listening to that, which it's a great song, by the way, as I'm listening to that and I'm listening to kind of you know how personal it is, it really comes across. And let's talk just a little bit about your songwriting process. First, we'll talk about this song specifically, and then we'll kind of open it up a little bit from there. Yeah, yeah. But like a song like that that's got such personal recollections, 
you know, you always wonder, like, we'll use Tom Waits as an example. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tom Waits doesn't know that many one-armed dwarves <laughs> or, like, <laughs> sailors headed for Singapore or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is artistic license. He might know some of these people, and I'm sure he's known his share of CD people in his life. Mm-hmm. But how much of this song and other songs you write are, like, very, per- you know, drawn from personal experiences, personal recollections, and then how much of that is artistic license? Do you separate it a little bit so that you, you're safe a little bit of a distance or are you the type of writer who's completely willing to bear it all open your veins and be like this is me this is this is me in total this is the experience of my life yeah i mean i i found myself opening up more in the past few years because i feel like that's when you get the best response from an audience I, i've recently discovered in some of my favorite acts the more personal it is and the more real it is the more the audience digs and you know all right. of a sudden they feel like they know you and there's that connection between you and the audience and you know that even the, the the there's one line in that song about you know talking about my mother acting bipolar you know which she's you know had her battles with that and um that's that one line a lot of people come up after the show and be like oh my gosh that line about your mother and yeah all of a sudden it's like we have this connection and and then you know they feel this all of a sudden they, they, they know they know you and it's it's you're not up there you know, uh, turning, you're not some god on the stage. It's like all of a sudden, I know I'm right here with you. You've humanized and, it. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like, you know, that's a good word for it when, you, when you're humanizing yourself and you, all of a sudden you're just the same as everybody in the audience. Creating that connection has been a huge thing for me in the past few years. And I really, I really rely on that when I'm playing live. I really try to tell stories and try to just connect with people on that level. And uh, I feel like that's what, makes people want to buy my music you know it's what makes people yeah inspires them and all so you're going for you're going for the rawness like you're you're kind of welcoming welcoming that in as part of what you're trying to do yeah and i guess it's kind of a double-edged sword because you know you occasionally you find yourself playing songs that and lately i have a few songs that are a little maybe too personal or it's a little too much and i find some you know some people it's like whoa okay i didn't go to the bar tonight to listen to you talk about that you know but right, right, right. at the same point i could care less about those people half the time most of the time i'm wanting to connect with the people that right. are listening going to connect with that and those are the ones that end up being my fans right so yeah it's it's a funny thing you know it does it does separate you right you know because there, there's a there's two sides of it it's like yeah you, you go out there and that's like pop country is a great example it's like they with pop country now that's something that's so depressing to me about it is they will never touch on any political or you know religious uh, well unless it's you know obviously one side trucks and dirt roads yeah and, and it's girls like the same beer. beaten subject and they don't even go near politics where it's like when you think about old country it's it was so politically driven and right that was so what was so great about it and that's why it's still considered the greatest and yeah i just don't get why we've completely abandoned those subjects in in pop culture uh, you know, I, for me, it feels like corporatization. Yeah. You right. know, it's music as product and not music as art. Yeah. Now, music is a product. Commerce is an essential element of this. We have to earn a living doing yeah, this. Otherwise, you can't keep doing it. I mean, right. I've had arguments with friends about that. Well, you should do it just because you love it. And I'm like, F you, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, right. yes, I do love it. But I mean, I love it so much that I want to do this as my avocation. Right. As my right. trade. And yeah. therefore, money has to exchange hands. And right. certain people think, well, then it becomes tainted at that point. But I say, well, double F you then. Well, I got to fr- keep yeah. doing this. Someone's got to pay. And I'm a firm believer with that, man. Nothing's free. And I tell that to a lot of clubs. In Idaho, a lot of people call me a lot. Hey, Jeff, who should we, 
you know, we want to start getting some bands in here and this and that, but we don't have a budget and this and that. And I'm like, well, get a budget. You get what you pay for, dude. <laughs> if you yeah. want to, you want to have a band come play for free, you're going to get the free band. And guess what? They're yeah. probably going to suck. It's the, you yeah. know, no offense, but they're probably just working on it. Yeah. And, you know, and no offense to anyone who goes out and plays for free. God bless you. But I mean, that's something that, and my experience is, you know, if you want it for free, well, you yeah. better not expect it to be yeah. great. Well, it's like, you know, you want you want cheap socks. Well, what do you get? You buy cheap socks, yeah. then what do you have? <laughs> right. You have cheap socks. Yeah, exactly. You know, how yeah. good does a sock need to be? Well, that depends on how far you're walking. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That's you know? uh, very true. Anyway, and you had, something you said before made me think of something, which is... Uh, you know, about kind of, you know, being personal in your music. Like, mm. I feel like the only way to really be successful, unless you're going to specifically be a product, like the bro country type of thing is what I'm thinking. Right, right. But in your case, and other like musicians who are trying to like pine those depths, is the only way to be successful is to be what you are. Yeah. And to, and to hold fast to that and be whatever it is that you are, whether that's... And I think that can be a big challenge for some musicians because some musicians aren't suited for bars. Right. Because everyone comes up, seems like a lot of people come up through the bars. Oh, yeah. And then, but, you know, maybe they're quieter and more introspective right. and their music needs to be listened to and the lyrics are very important. How do you get the attention of people in a bar if you're doing those kinds of songs? Yeah, I mean, I, I've battled that for years and that's something that I I feel like is that that thing that I, I didn't realize it was changing me. But with another band I was in, all of a sudden, it was kind of, that was my crisis moment. When I realized, oh my gosh, we're turning into a bar band. And yeah. it's like, but you know, all of a sudden you you feel like you're just playing host to just getting people to get up and dance. And then all of a sudden you're playing that cover that you swore you never would. And right. like you're doing things that you're like, what are we doing? Oh my God, we're becoming a bar we're band. We're playing Wagon Wheel. Yeah, oh my it's God. Like, no. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it, it has a place for it. I mean, I've gone and seen some bar bands where I'm like, these guys are so great. I'm having such a great time, but they're just playing, they're right. doing it. But, I've done all sorts of things over the years to try and combat that. And one of the things, one of the first things that I found was really successful was I started doing a song, one song a night, where I put my guitar down and I just sang and clapped. And uh, I had a few songs that I'd written where I did that. And that's where I started playing that Get Behind the Mule song, that Tom Waits tune. I know it was kind of overdone, but I did it. When I first played it, I did it just singing and clapping. And that was the first you know, thing, I, I, I got sick of just walking into a bar and you see the guy with the guitar. Instantly, you're right. not stimulated. It's like, oh, a guy with a guitar, okay, whatever. We've seen that 10 trillion yeah, times. and that's what I, you know, started thinking in my head. I was living in Salt Lake City at the time, but I started trying to just dream up different ways to just get people to look and to, you know, pay attention and to be interested. And that was one of the things, and it, and it worked so well. I'd come out and the first song I would do, I would just sing and clap. Yeah. And it was like, all of a, and then it's like, bam, you had the whole room looking. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to pick up my guitar and do one, you know. Yeah. And uh that's it's been a it's a hard thing, you know. It's it's definitely that's one of the things that I can see why so many artists get you get beat down by it cuz you're hanging out at bars all the time and after a while it's like wow, you know, what am I all of a sudden you're everyone's an alcoholic and you're right. hanging out at a bar, you go there, you sound check and then you're hanging out at a bar for hours and Yeah, getting through that, there's a Canadian band I'm thinking of that I've been a fan of for a long time called Blue Rodeo. Oh, right. from Toronto. They're, like, they're kind of like a psychedelic Tom Petty Canadian style in yeah. a way. I know? heard of them when I was up in Alberta. Yeah, great yeah. band. And they've you know, they've been at it now since the eighties, so like right. they're fine. They've they've, yeah. they've made it through this, you know. But they started out as a bar band. Right. And the funny thing was that period when I was like falling in love with their music way back in like the nineties. 
communities. Mm -hmm. In Chicago, that's kind of close to the Great Lakes, which is close to where most of the Canadians are. Right, right. right. So they would come and do like this Great Lake tours, like through these circuits through there. And it was funny to me because I knew in Canada they were playing these big hockey arenas. Right. Thousands. (laughs) thousands of people 5,000 people would go see them play so they're like rock stars in Canada which I guess could kind of be a joke but that's still 5,000 people I don't know many people people, who are close friends of mine who can draw 5,000 people to any given show and but then they'd come in the states and they'd play the same bars I was playing and that was and they'd have a bus yeah. And they would have a crew, <laughs> and they would have backline techs, and they would have a front of house guy. And they, you know, granted, the place was packed, but still, yeah, they're just... playing the same place I played, and they've got a bus, which I know the overhead in a bus, even in the 90s, was 1500 a week. Oh, yeah. So there's that interesting moment where are you trying to get paid? Are you trying to make it through the, the bar band thing to make it to theaters to where right. people might actually listen? Yeah. Is there a way to get people's attention in bars? These are all different challenges that nobody thinks about when they're not actually a musician. Right. You know, I think Absolutely. it's you know, kudos to you for coming up with the acapella clapping thing, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, and I tell you what, you know, you, you do a hundred bar gigs to get that theater gig and it just feels yeah. so good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Finally, it's like, oh, a full room of silent people is the, yeah. what I dream about. God, know, one but. quick story, and then I want you to play a tune because we're running a little short on time here. I played a big outdoor festival in Chicago called Taste of Chicago once, uh-huh, which is the right. big deal. And we were on a fairly large stage. Coincidentally, it was the same day that Jay Bennett from Wilco played his last show with Wilco. Like us, wow. They were at the other bigger stage, like the All biggest right. stage. We were on the next biggest stage. And we had a great slot in the afternoon on the 4th of July, and everybody's happy, and half of them are drinking, and there's yeah. corn on the cob, and there's a you know, <laughs> big family atmosphere. But, you know, and it was a really big gig for us, very high profile. Yeah, yeah. So we were on stage, you know, we did our sound check. I even paid the guy who had done the album to come in and mix front of house for the show. So we had a nice engineer who knew the music and everything. We had yeah. a real Hammond organ and a real piano on stage for my piano, for yeah, my so keyboard player. Yeah, yeah. And it was just there, you know, not oh, even, sweet. we didn't have to pay extra for it. And then during the show, I'm playing and I'm so used to not hearing what the hell is going on on stage. Then I realized, you know, we've got monitors, and then it occurred to me, we have a monitor engineer. There's a guy 25 feet away from me standing at the side of the stage whose job is to make it sound good on stage. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yes. Light from heaven came down, and I was like, wait a minute. And I know enough about music and technology to be like, okay, I need just quick hand signals. Okay, I need a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that, a little bit of And in in a minute, it was like perfect. Yeah. And I got to thinking, like, man, it's like you don't get, it's like a bank. You don't get a loan unless you can prove you don't need the money. Yeah, right. You have to work your way through the bars and through the stuff that you're going to do, through that slog, to get to the point where you prove you're good enough that you don't need monitors. Right. Once you can prove that you don't need those, then you get good monitor mixes. Yeah, yeah, that is so true, man. Just had, anyway, just had one of those the other week. That's enough of Papa's wisdom for today. <laughs> so how about another, another tune, man? What's this y- one going to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, this one, uh, this song, Love and Hate Relationship, it's... Uh, it's somewhat the single, I guess you would say, that we chose for the record, the new record for All Nighter. And um, yeah, I think this track came out great. The guy I was working with, John Gilbertson, this was his favorite track. And uh, so we spent a lot of time on it. I think it came out great. So yeah, love and hate relationship. All right, this is the solo acoustic version, however, with Jeff Crosby on Independence Day. I want to get back to the dirt roads By the old landfill where we used to go Lie myself in the grass and stones Let the river ease my mind Cause I've been running like a 
68 Chevy Breaking up slow like a Louisiana levy And I need someone to grab my hand When I've gone too far Cause I'm always in A love and hate relationship Just can't get enough of it To get over it I'm always in a love and hate relationship Just can't get enough of it to get over it I sing like birds in the morning Truth comes pouring like the rain back home I'm like a dog on the front porch Waiting till she calls my name been around this town for a while now I'm like some stranger at the bar downtown Watching the lovers from the back in the corner Remembering when it was me I'm always in A love and hate relationship Just can't get enough of it Get over it I'm always in a love and hate relationship Just can't get enough of it To get over it Still, I can't walk away As lonesome as I've been with you Your hands over my face it's the only way that I can rest easy It's the only way that I can rest easy It's the only way that I can rest easy It's the only way that I can rest easy once again, Jeff Crosby here on Independence Day. Drop at his website, Jeff Crosby Music, Facebook.com slash Jeff Crosby Music, and Twitter at Jeff Crosby Music. Drop by InDepthDay.com and also follow us on Twitter at InDepthDay. Now that we've got all that stuff out of the way, another great song, man. I like what you do. I like how you kind of really set a scene. You know, it's, you're, yeah. you're more on the, the personal side of songwriting rather than uh, like the big world thing. Yeah. You know, do you know Uncle Tupelo? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I always was fascinated because they had two singers and writers, uh, Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar, who have gone on to form Wilco and Sunvolt, respectively. Both great bands. Both great bands. But they were so different in their songwriting because Tweedy was always. Uh, you know, interpersonal, yeah, looking in very close and very intimate. Whereas Jay Farrar is like a seer. Yeah. It's like he's speaking in parables and he's talking about, like, (laughs) he's using lots of metaphors and he's, 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 combining lyrics that may or may not make sense until you really sit and, and analyze them. Yeah, right. And it was it's a strength to have both of that. And I and I I feel like I'm more like you as a writer. I'm, yeah. I'm interpersonal, but I I long to be like Jay Farrar. Yeah, yeah. Or a guy like that. Or maybe like Dylan who can do everything. Right, of course, of course. Anyway, both those are two of my favorites. Who are your inspirations then for writing? Uh I mean those guys are definitely huge inspirations. Uh you know, but I, I really came up listening to a lot I mean some of the I mean this is like probably a terrible group to mention but i mean my mother was so into the laurel canyon type right. bands which at the time didn't mean anything to me but 
now that I've come down here and that's such a term, everyone's yeah, like, oh, the thing. Laurel Canyon sound. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what all that was. But the Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And my mom is a huge Jackson Brown fan. I mean, like Loggins and Messina, you yeah, know, yeah. those records, like Angry Eyes, that stuff. I mean, that's the stuff I listened to when I was a kid, you know, and then discovering like Pink Floyd and stuff to my dad. And and my dad was kind of a rocker. He loved like the Scorpions and all these stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. he's and a I, real rocker. Yeah, and I Not like a Stones rocker, oh, he's yeah, like a hard right. rocker. <laughs> yeah, he was like that. He was driving like a Firebird and listening to the Scorps, <laughs> man, like with a, with a red mullet. And uh, man, I mean, I, I really felt more towards what my mother was listening to. And I always loved... You know, James Taylor was one of her favorite artists. Oh, okay. I remember falling in love with that when I was, you know, eight years old, listening to James Taylor and stuff like that. So I always have been drawn to just the idea of, you know, a, a voice and an acoustic guitar or a voice yeah. and a piano and, and just a good song. And uh, so that's the stuff that I really, I find, you know, that I always, you know, the Fleetwood Mac and those kind of bands, I found it's just, just kind of like deep in my loins. Yeah, yeah. You know, even I, I, I couldn't, I I could try not to like it, but there's just no way I could. Yeah, don't fight it, man. Yeah, and and they're great. Um, but now, I mean, I love bands like that, as you were mentioning, like Wilco and and Sunvolt and Uncle Tupelo. Those are bands I loved in high school. And, but also a lot of you know, I also got introduced to the, the Dead, and I got really into the Grateful Dead for a big part of my high school life. And you know that Jug Band stuff, yeah, Quicksilver yeah. Messenger Service, and with your Country full, Joe and with the your Fish. full band, do you guys jam? When you play, like, do you leave spaces to like improvise yeah, yeah, and kind of explore yeah. I mean, the sonic space? I had to actually step back from that because I was in a, a band previously that we were a jam band, and I wanted to be guitar was just I loved the guitar. I wanted to be a guitar player, and I just would you know, and I was really into you know the dead, and so I would you know I was focused so much on just playing the guitar and soloing, and when I got down to Los Angeles was the real turning point for me when I kind of got hit in the face with the fact that there are so many great guitar players and you know th and there's always a place for that but I personally wanted to stand out and I realized that my strengths were my voice and my songs and that just became my ultimate focus and I went on these tours with just my acoustic guitar and a quarter inch cable and I played a ton of gigs opening up for people and just playing solo and I really had to just completely abandon my old identity and yeah yeah know, come up again and so yeah that's been my main focus lately but i you know love me some guitar solo and <laughs> yeah who doesn't the, the jam it's band so scene fun. is so funny man it's it like, is funny it's got like the there's like the big 10 yeah school yeah. jam band scene right. like the chicago big 10 sense. schools and then there's the, the boulder jam scene is a big right. kind of jammy thing san francisco's got its own little jammy scene it yeah. doesn't really like it's i think it's like the jam bands are afraid of L la i think oh totally there aren't yeah. really jam bands here yeah there really aren't that was something that weirded me out when i first got here i was like wow there isn't a jam scene at all yeah but you know but i kind of like that because i was looking to abandon that you know in my previous thing and that's dudes a big and, reason why i came here dudes in shorts and ball caps playing yes playing yeah, bouncy music had plenty of that we anyway. did a lot, a lot of festivals saw plenty of that yeah so we've got about enough time for one more song man what's okay. what have you picked for your final selection today yeah uh well this song is called this rose and this is one of those songs i'm particularly proud of because on the record it's one that we had the record done or so we thought and we're leaving the studio and i said you know what i got this one song i'd written it the, the morning before I said, man, I got this one tune I wrote yesterday morning, and I think it's got something or something about it. I got to lay it down real quick. You know, you know, my friend John, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, let's do it. So he sets up two mics like we're doing here, and uh, I went in there and just laid it down one take, and we were listening to it the next day, and we're like, wow, that's, the, that's going on the record. That was yeah. great. 
so yeah, it's a real, it's another one's kind of personal songs, and it was laid down one one take, and uh, yeah, it's called This Rose. It's like a gift from the universe when that happens, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was one of those oh, special moments. I love it when songs just show up fully formed. I don't have to fight <laughs> yeah, with them. Right, right. Anyway, once more, Jeff Crosby on Independence Day. Don't look as good in the morning Like a storm without a warning You come raining down on me These days They don't come and go like they used to Have me questioning what we're going through My hope hanging by a string And it's alright, she says To find comfort in the memory Of the way that it all used to be while still looking around the bend These ways They have damaged where we're going Those who still refuse to notice That the times they are changing Let it all boil down, babe Putting all my lies down for me and you these lies Like a man hiding in the shadows Trying to pick and choose my battles With a bruised and broken heart These times Call for loving new believers A different kind of American dreamer Tired of being told who we are And it's alright, she says Close your eyes and find the memory of the way that it all used to be We're still looking around the bend and These times Have got me begging for forgiveness For a love that I can live with Instead of rambling with my vices Let it all boil down, baby Putting all my lies down for me and you, you know Putting all my lies down for the truth Putting all my lies down for the Leaves me wondering Like the ones who came before me Never sure of where it's going And this rose Like a symbol of our history All the blood and all the beauty Every breath 
and every heartbeat I let it all boil down, baby Putting all my lies down for me and you all my lies down for the truth Putting all my lies down for the truth Jeff Crosby on Independence Day. Drop by jeffcrosbymusic.com to hear everything you need to know about him. That's the track This Rose, which you will find in his most recent record called All Nighter, which you can pick up in various places, also on his website. I'm sure all that information is there. Uh, man, just, it's really great to see what you do because we were, we've talked a lot about like being a one-man show with a guitar and a voice. Oh, yeah. And one thing that's interesting about you is you've got kind of a husky voice, but it doesn't, you don't push it that hard to get into that territory. It just kind of happens kind of naturally and softly. Yeah. It's yeah. a unique instrument you've got there. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that till the last couple of years, so I've been... Uh... It's been fun playing it. Maturing as a musician <laughs> is a beautiful thing. Like you, yeah. you grow into you grow into yourself. Well, like, yeah, and just life itself gets stranger and stranger. So I, yeah. it, only, it does make music better, I suppose. Indeed. All right. So, man, let's talk just a little bit real quick here because we're about done with time here. But what's what's next? You just wrapped up a lot of summer touring. What's happening next? Yeah, you know, it was just a crazy summer, and I thought I would be taking some time off, but I just picked up. Uh, some gigs playing with one of my one of my heroes actually this guy Jerry Joseph and uh, his, his band's Jerry Joseph and the Jack Mormons and he okay. he came up in this band in the '80s called Little Women, phenomenal songwriter and you want to talk about personal and wearing your wearing your heart on your sleeve one of those guys, um, incredible songwriter and a guy that's helped me a lot in the past couple of years so I'm I'm going to be joining his band actually and, and certain gigs I'll be opening up you know and playing solo and playing okay. my songs but uh, I'll be playing guitar in his band and we're taking off uh here gosh pretty soon in a week or so we had a over to the east coast a couple festivals new york city and then we do some festivals in maryland and west virginia and then uh we'll be going over to europe and doing some stuff over there yeah. and it'll be my first time touring over in europe nice. so i'm really looking forward to it and before that even before you get to europe on the 18th which is tomorrow night oh right you're right. playing at the honky tonk hacienda here in los angeles yeah, is that a yeah. full band show or is that a solo thing? it will be yeah and there'll be some good friends of mine that were on the record and whatnot uh won't be my touring band but okay. some great players from here in la so yeah it's gonna be a special show and the band we're playing with for that the rave ups oh yeah they're uh yeah i mean i don't have heard of them i was well, just Jimmer was like them. he was a guest on this right. very show oh and he's great i love his yeah. songs so I'm, I'm way looking forward to that once i realized they were this he was in the same band so it's gonna be a great night that's gonna be really yeah fun. yeah very happy to see him doing it i'm happy to see, i wish i could go yeah my uh, my radio day job is a night job so i Ooh. work until midnight every single yeah. weeknight yeah. so it's yeah. it's really dream. putting a crimp yeah living <laughs> the dream man it's really putting a crimp on my no, you social just bring life. them in just bring them in i wish i wish <laughs> i could man so and then after that you're going you're doing solo shows over in europe yeah well i'll be playing guitar with the jack mormons oh, okay with so them i'll be europe a second too. guitar okay. and then i'll be playing some solo gigs as well in the uk and uh you know yeah ireland and stuff so. all right man well best of luck to you man yeah, please yeah. stay in touch i like what you do it's yeah, good thanks. stuff and people every it. people out there in radio world uh you should go listen to this guy jeff crosby is his name c-r-o-s-b-y uh, any relation to david crosby well, no, but my father's name is David Crosby. If I were you, I would lie through my teeth. Yeah, about that. yeah, I've done it occasionally. It's bought me some drinks here. I, yeah. I tell everyone it's, he's a famous construction worker from Idaho. You might, yeah. you might may have heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all it's all what you tell people, man. Yeah, all right, all right. So thanks to Jeff Crosby, also to the Independence Day staff: Valentino Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The indelible Tony Tonelok Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. 
Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society, and you should pick their music up, too. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.